We as believers are, have got to stop taking the back seat. To say, I'm afraid that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stir the pot and I'm going to be quiet. I'm not saying go out and grab bricks and throw bricks through windows. I'm actually saying don't do that. Let's just be flat out here. Don't go destroy property. But it's time for us as believers to stand up and let Jesus shine through us. Let Jesus shine through us. That means not go hide in our homes and, and say, you know what, we're going we're to stick here until the, till the storm passes and we're going to come back out. I'm reminded of a story of a man that got bit by a snake. The snake should have killed him very quickly. And yet what did he do? He shook it off. Do you realize the Jesus on the inside of you is the same Jesus that was on the inside of him? Do you realize you have the ability on the inside of you to take that snake attack, to take that whatever's coming against you and shake it off? You have that ability. But we as believers, we go, well, I didn't spend time in the closet today praying. I didn't focus. I didn't read. Well, who is God now that he's not going to use me for anything because I didn't do anything? Quit looking at yourself. It's about him. It's about his kingdom. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him and his kingdom. It's about putting him, as we've talked about several weeks ago, as putting him back in the position that he's supposed to be in. Supreme. He's supposed to be supreme in our lives because he's Jesus over everything. And when the moment that we realize as believers that we really believe and that we have entrusted our lives to him and we've put him as supreme over everything, then things in our life will begin to make sense. We've talked about that he's the head of the church. I want you to catch that very last word, preeminent. He is supreme, whether you believe it or not. Whether the denominational church that you've come from believes it or not, whether your story says, I've trusted God all my life and nothing's ever happened. Well, if you've really trusted God all your life and you're still here today, something's happened. Because there's a real enemy out that's about to attack you. There's a real enemy out that's out to bring destruction. There's a real enemy out that doesn't want to see your family prosper. That doesn't want to see your marriage last. That doesn't want to see your kids say, Mom, I love you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for the sacrifices that you're making. The enemy's out to bring destruction to our homes. But we have to realize that he is over everything. That we as a body of believers, we have to live under Jesus. But we have to worship. We talked about last week on worship. And we talked about prayer. That the Christian life begins with and is sustained by prayer. How do you ask Jesus into your heart? You talk to him. It starts with prayer. So, how do you maintain that? It starts with prayer and is maintained through prayer. How do I have a, a relationship with my wife? How do, we, how do we get ready with me at 7 o'clock in the morning and, and her at 8, 8.30? And she wears almost the identical vest because she wants to look like me. <laughs> she just missed it on the color of the, the undershirt. 
Why? It's because we've been in relationship. Even, even the things we like, the things that we think, are the same without even saying anything. Because I didn't know what I was going to wear this morning until I got up. We didn't have conversation. I didn't say, what are you wearing tomorrow? <laughs> if anything, my wife knows this, I don't want to match. I don't want to be the Twinkie couple. But you know what? We're in relationship. We're, we're 18 years of, of being married into this thing. That we think alike. Because there's relationship. How do I, want to, how do I grow in my knowledge of who Jesus is and who he is on the inside of me? It's relationship. It's worshiping him when I don't want to worship. Because as we know, worship is not necessarily about the music. Thank God, as we talked about last week, thank God for the music. Because some of us can't sing. And if you've ever been into a, a church service or a worship service, and they play the music down real low, where you can hear everybody else, most of the time, people begin to sing like this. Because they don't want to be heard. So worship is not just about the music. Worship is an attitude. We talked about last week how to come in. I ask you to come in today preparing yourself before you got here. In worship, in prayer, in talking with the Father, in having communication with Jesus. Because that's where it's at. The next level of understanding of where God is at and where he is going and who he wants you to be comes through worship comes through an act of worship, not necessarily the music. The Christian life is sustained by prayer, and prayer fuels our worship. Because all of a sudden you talk to God, you feel Him. All of a sudden your senses are heightened. You feel Him on the inside of you. Because why? You've stopped. You've focused. And now I'm looking at Him eyeball to eyeball. And now I know everywhere He's going. Because I'm in relationship with Him. I can get dressed and she can get dressed without ever talking because we're in relationship and we end up coming out matching. Without talking. Why? We're in relationship. You want to know what God's doing and where he's going. It comes out of that. Worship fuels our witness in the world and our witness in the world is how we embody our worship. The consistent call to worship Jesus as supreme is the most loving thing we can do for people. Well, I thought we were supposed to go out and win people for Jesus. You are. You're to be a witness. You're to go to the highways, the byways. You're supposed to go out in the street and try and, and do your best to love on them. But how can you love on them God's way if you haven't been in relationship and talked with God? How can I love them? Because go down Main Street here in town. And there's some days I can drive down Main Street and compassion just oozes out of me. I feel sorry. I want to help. I want to do these things for those people that are, that are homeless, that are living on the street down there. But there are other days that I walk by. Come on. I might throw myself under the bus, but I know good and well we've all been there. Why don't they just go get a job? Standing out there day after day with a sign that says need help. But you know what I've realized? That comes back on me. 
what's changed? I feel for me, it's changed on how I began my day. How I worship that day. I'm not seeing with eyes of Jesus on that moment. I'm seeing with eyes of me. I'm seeing with eyes of me. How do we go out into the highways and byways? How do we love on these people back here that don't want us to love on them? I first have to step in and get into relationship. Put Jesus back as supreme. Put him back on the top. And then I begin to see with eyes that Jesus sees. I begin to have have a pulling on me because I know that God's pulling them. Now, if I go and I talk to them and I say, you know what? God loves you. He's got the best for you. He doesn't want to see you stay where you're at. Now I'm speaking Jesus because I'm in touch. And now the father goes, okay, now I'm going to download something on the inside of you. This is what you had to pray for him. And now you begin to pray for them, not just the broad spectrum prayer. Lord, just bless everybody. Give them a job. Give them money. Give them clothes. Give them food. Bless them in Jesus' name and we walk away. We don't just give give them that, that spiritual shower. But we get to come in. And we get to be the hands and feet. And in the moment that they're in, we get to talk to them. Because we forget they're humans. They're people. They're people that maybe have had a rough life. But how can I see them the way God wants me to see them? Put him as supreme. Love with God. It's kind of love. That's how we do this. Because our, our, the, the, we're trying to be transformed by Jesus. But what? It's on the back wall. Our mission to see people transformed by Jesus. Period. That's our goal. That's our drive. When we do anything, what are we trying to accomplish? To see people transformed by Jesus. Not by my ideas of how they should transform. But how Jesus wants them to transform. Because we know when the real Jesus lights the inside of them. When the real Jesus becomes the biggest thing on the inside of them. No matter where they live. No matter if it's under a box, in a house, on a street corner, wherever it's at. But when the real Jesus comes in and begins to transform them. Then their world will be transformed forever. But it takes the real Jesus. It takes me seeing them with the eyes that Jesus sees with them. So today I want to read out of, we're going into this whole series that we've been doing is all just simply out of the book of Colossians. And if you've never read Colossians from front to back of Colossians, it doesn't take that long. About a month and a half ago, when we first started as a a pastoral team diving into this and talking about it and walking it through, they asked us to read through this and we read through it multiple times. Because there's so much in here that if we just read through it and we just do our daily reading plan. Just so that we can get to the end of whatever that is on today. A lot of times we will miss what God is wanting to say to us. Yes, reading plans are great. They give you an ability to stay focused. To have an end goal. But if our goal is just to get to the end goal. Are we accomplishing really and truly everything that... God's wanting us to accomplish in his word. So yes, get on a reading plan. You versions made it brilliantly easy. But what I'm saying is, slow down just a little bit. Read with intention. I'm intentional about reading this. I'm intentional about what's saying 
what it's saying to me for today. And there are some chapters in the Bible that are like poking an ice pick in your eye. Why do I have to know who begot who and who begot who and who begot who? And you go on and on and names you can't pronounce. You know, that one. I'm sure we've all done it. Again, I'll throw myself under the bus. I've gotten to the begots and I forgot to begot and I skipped the begots because I got so lost and so confused. But then there's been times I went to skip it and I heard that still small voice on the inside. I said, you know what? They're there for a reason. Yes, I know, God. Okay. I'll go back and read it. And lo and behold, it began to tie this beautiful thing together. So reading is a very incredible thing to do. But let's look at Colossians 3 today. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. So I'm supposed to have my head in the clouds? Set my mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. We as believers, yes, we should go and we should be a part of what's going on in the world around us. We should be a part of things that are happening, but there should always Be an ear that's attentive to what the Lord is saying. There should always be a part of our mind that goes, you know what? I know I'm at work. And I know right now I'm supposed to be killing bugs. Or I'm supposed to be entering something because, you know, the employees want to get paid on Friday. So I've got to go through and enter something. I've got to answer the phone. I've got to do all these things. But on the same side of that, there should always be an aspect of me that's attentive to what the Father is saying. Because there's divine appointments. There's divine opportunities. There's divine things that happen that if we're not being intentional about what's going on, we will miss them. But the cool thing is, 99% of the time, God's bigger. That even if we miss it, God's faithfulness is still there. That if we, if we do get too busy, he, he, he's there to take care of it and, and to be who he's been called to be. Set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Do you realize that when you accepted Christ as your Savior, that your man, your earthly man, your spiritual man, was united with Christ. Because we all know, everything that Jesus is is already alive on the inside of you. It's about, it's about connecting with that. It's about knowing what I have. It's about this phone can do just about anything. This phone can right now tell me where my son is between here and Amarillo. This phone can tell me what's on my schedule for tomorrow. This phone can make a phone call. This phone can order a pizza. This phone can do a lot of things. But if I think this phone can only make phone calls 
and I carry this phone around until the next iPhone comes out and I decide that that's the one I want now, and I think it only makes phone calls, I'm missing hundreds, if not thousands of potentials inside this phone because it only makes phone calls. I just see a name, I hit it, there's nothing else on here. I, I, I can't even, you know. But imagine what you as a believer, if you would realize all the potential that's on the inside of you. The potential that's on this phone meets our needs right here and right now. But the potential that is Jesus on the inside of you meets your potential from here on out. Goes farther than what the iPhone 11 Pro can go. It goes farther than what the next generation iPhone can do or go because Jesus is real. And so we walk around our entire lives with the ability that God's given us to do bigger and greater things. And yet we walk around thinking, well, I can talk to God and I can ask God. But there's so much more because it's already on the inside of you. It's realizing who you are in Jesus. It's realizing what you've already possessed on the inside of you. It's knowing who you are. And how do you do that? It comes from relationship. You have to realize that when you put God as supreme, when you put him in, you realize all these things will happen. C.S. Lewis says it this way. There's no natural ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. God's already claimed it. It's every, everything is already His. But the enemy comes in and tells you, you can't do this. You can't, def- you can't, you can't stop this addiction. You can't stop this. You can't, you can't not do this anymore. But what we're going to find out is God's already conquered. God's already conquered in you the, your hang-ups. God's already conquered in you the problems and areas that you struggle with on a day-to-day basis. The things that happen. We have a new position or status in Christ, but it must work its way into our lifestyle, and it doesn't happen automatically. Jesus is there. When I asked him, his faithfulness moved in, and he immediately moved in everything that he is. But we don't realize what we've got. We don't realize the freedom that we already possess. We don't realize the freedom that when we go and we ask God for healing, I'm not asking him for healing. I'm praying that my mind, soul, will, a body, everything about me lines up with who he is. And that that healing is released because it's already on the inside of me. I already possess it. I already possess the freedom that God's already given me. Worshiping Jesus is seeking, surrendering, setting, and submitting. Worshiping Jesus is seeking, surrendering, setting, and submitting. So let's look at Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Put them all on the same screen so we can, we can all see them together. If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, for you have died. 
and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Seeking. We have, we have to seek. We have to seek. It's not always easy. It's not always the, the easiest thing to do. Worship, though, is about seeking Jesus. Not just the gathered church on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. Not just the moment that we call the worship service, the worship moment. Worship is so much greater than that. Worship is our private time. Worship is where we as individuals set our mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Because worship, worship is seeking Jesus in everything and about everything. Worship is not just seeking Him, but it's also surrendering to Him. God, I I seek Your face. I worship You because You're King of kings. You're Lord of lords. But today I submit to Your will. I submit to what Your plan is. Let my witness, let my worship line up with what You're saying. Let me stand in agreement with what you're proclaiming, what you're saying. Let me not be an, obstru- an obstruction to somebody else, but let me help somebody. Let me be a light to the world. That's how we walk our day. That's what we do. That's where we go. Worship is not a one-time deal or a once-daily activity or a once-a-week activity. It becomes, and it has to become, who we are We talked last week about reverentially worship or reverential worship. Worship is being reverentially devoted to Jesus. It's just just about God. It's, It's all about you. And it's not an overnight process. It's not one of those deals where you get saved and all of a sudden, boom, it's all here and I'm following him, everything and nothing else matters. Now, there's a season that happens by the grace of God, that when you get saved, there's a fire that can come on the inside of you. And it can begin to purge things that you didn't think you could let go of. But there comes a season and a time where you have to make a decision. I've seen people give their hearts to the Father. They get on fire for Jesus. They're doing the street ministry thing. They're doing all these things that that God called us to do. And yet, six weeks, six months, a year down the road... They've fallen off the radar. They're not in church anymore. And you see them outside the four walls and you go, I know what happened. I know what happened. You had the fire, but you stopped seeking him because of him. And we got to a point where we were just seeking him for what can he give me. And there's a season in our lives that we have to go through. And we do go through where we're seeking God for an answer. We're seeking God for a healing. We're seeking God for something in particular. But that's not the attitude of our worship. The attitude of our worship is to seek Him because He's worthy to be sought. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to receive glory. He's worthy for all those things. Because worshiping Jesus... Is seeking, surrendering, setting, and submitting. Because sometimes the answer that we get is not the answer that we want. Ever been there? But you know what's cool? Sometimes the answer that you're wanting now, and he says no, 
is not the same answer that you're going to get a few days down the road or a little ways down the road because it's not the right season. It's not the right time. We get frustrated and we get mad at God. And we go, well, why? I want this, God. We do the two-year-old stomp. We throw ourselves on the floor. I give up. He doesn't love me. But he does. He knows what you have need of before you even ask him what you have need of. And he goes, you know what? If I gave you that now, it's too early. You're not going to respect it. You're not going to hold it. You're not going to hold it dear. But a no today is not necessarily a no for tomorrow. So don't give up. Don't stop seeking his face. But we have to change the why behind why we worship. Why? Worship him for him. And then all these things will be added unto you. Because when you worship him, just because I get to worship him. So tomorrow night we're having a time of prayer. There will be worship music playing. We're not coming in. I'm not creating a moment to come in to change God's mind. I'm creating a moment, an opportunity for my mind to be changed. For my heart to be opened. For my heart, my heart to see what God's wanting to do in this nation, in this city, in this church. What's God's plan? What's God's idea? And whatever that is, even though my earthly sometimes goes, Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want this. It's going to hurt. It stinks. Oh. But God, if it's your will. I know that you said you'll never leave me nor forsake me. I know that you said I'm in the palm of your hand. That no matter how hot the fire gets, and I may feel the heat of the fire, I'll not come out smelling like smoke. Because if you did it for one, you can do it for us. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't just the perfect people on the earth. When God protected them, when he took care of them. Maybe we so often we forget because that's a Bible story. That's what we did in children's church. That's what we told the kids in, in class. And they were just like, wow, that's awesome. That's so cool. And it is. But as adults, we push it off as a kid story. Yeah. Oh, that's just for the kids. It's for you. That no matter what's going on, do you realize how hot that thing was? It was already a fire. But what did he say? He said, stoke the fire. Make it hotter. To the point that the people that even opened the doors... Died. Yet, a nobody, a Shadrach, a Meshach, and a Bendigo, walked into a thing that should have killed them before they ever walked in the door. And God said, watch. Watch what I can do. You may go through the fire. You may go through some of the worst things you can ever, ever imagine. I've been there. I've done those things. You've all, you've all heard the story of my sister, or the most of you. And there's times and seasons in my life that it still catches me off guard. And, and memories flood my mind. And it's some of the darkest moments that I've walked through in my life. But now I look back and I can see when we were in that fire, we were in that moment. There was somebody else there with us. There was somebody else there with us. Even in the darkest moment, when the doctor came in and said, I'm sorry. And I can remember that moment like it was yesterday, and I was only 10. 
Even in that darkest moment, that fourth person was in the fire with us. If he did it for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he can do it for me. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. So when you feel like you're going into the fire, when you feel like you're going into the flame, I challenge you to not stop worshiping. Continue to worship. Continue because it engages something on the inside of you. It, 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 it ignites something on the inside of you that doesn't get ignited unless sometimes you walk through the fire. I don't want to. I want life to be the yellow brick road. And we just hop and we skip and we're excited about what's on the yellow brick road. It's just beautiful. Look at the land around us. It's beautiful. But let's be real. That road that's yellow has got the paint chipped. The bricks are coming out of it. There's vines growing all over it. There's serpents on top of it. And we're going, God, how do I go about this? How do I walk this? How do I walk through some of the darkest things in my life? I know how. I stop looking at my feet and where I'm supposed to go. And I look to you. I raise my hands. I lift my head. And I say, I know this is not going to be fun. And I don't want to go through it. Let's just let it be known now. I don't want to go through this. But I know in your faithfulness, in your love, you're going to carry me through this. You're going to help guide me around this thing. You're going to help me get through these paths of this broken road. And you're going to get me around things that I don't want to go through. Because of the goodness of the Father. Because you came riding on the cloud. Because the storms that I see, you still have power and authority over anything in my life. You're bigger than the doctors. You're even bigger than the media. You're bigger than our government. You're bigger than anything. And when we put you back into your rightful position, then we can begin to look. But as believers, this is where we begin to get a hang up. Let's read 5 through 9. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeking that you have put off the old self with its practices. This is where, as, as believers, we get a big hang-up sometimes. This first section here, the, the sexual immorality, the impurity, the passion, the evil desire, the covetousness, which is idolatry. Oh, we all go, oh yeah, I've experienced that. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Don't want to do it again. But these were sins of desire. Born... Out of a lust mentality. These are sin desires born out of a lust mentality. Do you realize that back when this was written, this, this was written, the Roman world that he was writing to, Paul was writing to, this Roman world, they, were, they had husbands and wives. And the husband and wife would get together just... To make babies. That was it. You know what else they did? 
they went out for all the other fun stuff. They went out with all the other people. And they just found people anywhere, anybody. We have a terminology for that nowadays. But I'm not going into that terminology. We're going to stop right there. But this was all born out of a lust mentality. He was letting them know these things that are going on. They've been put to death. If you're a believer, they've been put to death. They're no longer who you are when you accepted Christ as your Savior. They're no longer what's going on. These sins corrupt your minds and hearts and destroy relationships. All of those, that's what they do. They destroy relationships. And God's calling us to bigger things. And then you get away to this, now put them all away. What? You just, you just gave me all these that you said put to death. Now you're saying put all these away. These are born out of anger. Think about it. Well, anger is born out of anger. That's pretty self. Wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. These are all things that we as believers really have issues with. Because we still get angry. Oh, you don't know. Pour out my wrath upon you for saying that. But he's telling us as believers, if you want to put on the mind of Christ, if you want to be who Christ has called you to be, what you do with this right here deeply matters. In your walk, this is one of those things that doesn't happen overnight. But as believers and as pastors over time, we tell you to take these things off. Don't do these things. Stop doing them. Shame on you. If you're listening to me, you're going to stop right now. But do you realize that there's not just taking these things off, but there's something you have to put back on? You know, when your kids are are young, they have princess dresses and costumes and, and things like this, that all of a sudden, your sweet little innocent kid all of a sudden comes out with a lightsaber. And this sweet little innocent kid becomes the most aggressive kid that's ever been around. And they have those lightsabers that pull the plastic thing all the way out. And they hurt. Because why? All of a sudden, they are living the Star Wars life. They believe that they are in Star Wars and that I have to be killed. So what do they do? They begin to run with their lightsaber. And you go, oh, that's so cute. Oh, they're not going to hit me real hard. I'll pretend like I'm, I'll pretend like I'm dying. You know, you know the dad thing. Oh, that got me, son. But no. All of a sudden, they are fully engulfed in the moment. And they pull the lightsaber out. And he swings with everything that they've got on the inside of them. And it hurts because they've struck you on the back or the back of your leg. And you collapse on the floor in true pain because they fully believed that that's who they were. 
and you say, it's time to take that off. Take what off? What are you talking about? It's time to go put that away. What do you mean? Why? Because all of a sudden, they're in the moment. And they believe 100% who they are in that moment. When we, as believers, begin to walk in the moment of who Jesus is, and we begin to put these things away, but not just put them away because that's that moment that we can go through a season and we can stop doing them. But if we don't replace it, it comes back or has a tendency to come back. I won't say every time, but it has a tendency to come back. When we push those things aside, we need to put on our Star Wars fatigues. We need to put on the armor of Christ. We need to put on these things and believe that what we already have on the inside of us is fully who we are on the outside of us. Because God is saying to put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. He's given us the recipe to put away and to put on. To put away those things that go against who Jesus is and to put on our new nature. In the new family of God, everyone bears God's image. When we look at each other, we're to see Jesus and are to treat each other accordingly. Stop inflicting pain on other believers because they don't go or they don't believe 100% the way that we believe. Called religion. And I'm sick of religion. I desire for us as a body of believers to have a passion for the real Jesus, that we're transformed by Jesus, and that it doesn't matter if you're Baptist, it doesn't matter if you're Methodist, it doesn't matter if you're this, or it doesn't matter if you're that. I know one thing, that my life was transformed by Jesus. And they can say, you know what, I know one thing, my life was transformed by Jesus. And we can put on the image of Christ, and we can walk brother and brother, sister and sister, and we can dominate this nation because of Jesus, because we're unified. Because we operate as one. Why? Why does the, the Christian religion feel like it's a bunch of little bitty other Christian religions? Because we can't work together. You're not going to play with my toys. I'm going to take my toys to another sandbox. And if we think about it, in little old Ardmore, which is not little old Ardmore anymore. But if Ardmore, if we as the body of Christ would lay our differences aside and for the good of him, for his desire, and we say, we're going to operate as the body of Christ. We're going to do, we're going to stand on the one thing that we do believe, that Jesus is the only way. We can stand in that moment and we can agree on that moment. And you know what? We can win people to Jesus. And they can come and you can say, and you can have conversation with them. And they say, you know, I don't know if I necessarily want to be at your church. Man, that's great. That's my brothers down there. That's my brothers down there. That's my sisters down there. Let's find you somewhere you can connect. Hey, here's something here. The, I think you two will connect. There is a place in the body for every person. There is a place in the body for every, every person. But we have to begin to love each other and love each other in a way that's God's love. So, I've got time. I want to read to you 
Colossians 3, 1 through 4 from the message. Here we go. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life of Christ, with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's when the action is. See things from His perspective. Man, stop walking around. If we, if we continue to look at this broken yellow brick road, guess what? You're going to trip. You're going to fall. But when you look to the leader, when you look to the Messiah, when you look to the, to the King of Kings, and you've put him in the proper perspective, where he belongs, then you begin to see with the eyes that Jesus sees. You begin to do things and accomplish things at Jesus' rate of speed and not your own. You begin to see things happen in places they shouldn't happen because you put Jesus into his rightful position. And you've taken Jesus into your home. You've taken Jesus into your workplace. You've taken Jesus, as funny as it sounds, you've taken Jesus back into the church. Because when you come in, you bring Jesus. Jesus doesn't stand here all week and go, I wish they'd hurry back up so I can talk to him. <laughs> Jeremy turned off the air conditioning again. Now it's getting hot in here. What am I going to do? Let's, let's... Jesus resides on the inside of you. And your understanding of Jesus is a glimpse of who Jesus is. It takes your glimpse and your glimpse and your glimpse and your glimpse, 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 and your glimpse of who Jesus is to get a full perspective of who Jesus is. Because my story says one thing, your story says another. And only you can tell your story. Only you can live the life that you've been given. Not everybody can sell their house and go back and live with mommy and daddy. It's, it's one of those things. You maybe look at it and go, oh, there's no way. I'm going back to my parents' house. So your story's different. Your story's different. But it takes your story combined with a story beside you to begin to see who Jesus is. So that we can change a world. So they can begin to take off the things of the world and to put on the robe of righteousness. They can realize who they are in Jesus. They can realize they have the power on the inside of them already to break down walls. Because your ability to talk to the people that you come in contact with may be more than I can ever have a witness to. Your job, where you work, your ability to speak into their lives is an area that I'll probably never, ever be able to, to have a witness. Because when I walk in the door and I get introduced as Pastor Jeremy, that's when the crucifixes come out. And they say, don't come near me. You know, then they, that's the place and the time they begin to get worried that they're looking me in the eye. You know, we've all been in those services where somebody's speaking and you know they're peering into your soul because they're just staring at you. And you're going, oh, God, please don't read my book. Oh, God, please don't read my book. Oh, God, please don't read my book. Been there, done that. 
But it takes you being who God's called you to be, who he's created you to be. But it takes you stepping in and taking Jesus from where we place him, sometimes moment by moment, and putting him back in his rightful position. And to begin to walk with my head up, focused on him, and saying, Father, today, I seek to do your will. I seek to walk where you've called me to walk. I seek your most perfect, perfect will to accomplish in my family's life. To accomplish in my job. To let me be an influence of you into the environments that I go into today. And help me to connect with other believers. Because it takes connection. You can't do it on your own. You can't be all that God's called you to be on your own. Because you have a glimpse, you have a glimpse, and you have a glimpse. And we have to work together to be able to even get a one millionth of a percent of who God is. But all we have to do is reveal Jesus and his love to the world around us. But we have to choose to take off the things of old and to say, God, I'm here. I want everything that you are on the inside of me to be revealed on the outside of me. Not that I can get the glory, but that your kingdom will advance on earth as it is in heaven. I submit to your will and I submit to your ways. Lord, we just honor you. I thank you for everything that you're doing. God, I thank you for your desires because your desires are great. But God, when we connect with you, when we fully engage the supernatural, when we fully activate the Jesus on the inside of us, then real things begin to happen in the world around us. Healings and, and breakthroughs and freedoms. They just begin to happen because that's just who you are. And God, I thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I thank you that the power of death, hell, and the grave has been broken from our lives. And I thank you for what you're doing in each and every one of us. God, I pray that you accomplish everything that you want to accomplish on the inside of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My testimony or my past, but I struggled with addiction for many years. Many, many years. And I would have a buddy every day. He would come up and tell me. He goes, you want to know what the word of the day is? He would say, surrender. I was wrestling and fighting these things that I didn't want to do, that I couldn't stop doing. Totally out of my flesh and my emotions and how I felt. But it came to a point where I had to stop living life my way and start living it his way. And it starts with surrender. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, 
I want to tell you the word of the day. It's surrender. And so if you don't know Jesus is Lord this morning, we want to give you that opportunity to give your heart to the Lord. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to embarrass you. But we just simply want you to raise your hand and we're going to, we're going to say a prayer together. And say, I want to give my life to Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Maybe there's a, a, another thing. As a believer that we're going through, and we say, Lord, I haven't been putting you supreme in my life and over my life. I've been focused on the wrong things. I've been submitting and seeking the wrong things, surrendering to the wrong things. And this morning, you want to refocus. You want to shift in your life to make Jesus supreme over your life once again. I see your hands. I see your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Stand with me this morning. Everybody say, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I surrender my heart, my soul to you this morning. I refocus on you and who you are. I no longer want to live my way, but your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Give Jesus a hand. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if if you gave your heart to Jesus this morning, one of the things we want you to do is there's a connect card in the, in the seat pocket in front of you. And if that's you, just put, yay, Jesus. We want to connect with you. Because ultimately, this, this, is, this, this uh, faith walk, it's not a cakewalk. There has to be a foundation built on it. And we want to go through those foundational points with you. But we can't do it if we don't connect. There's a, there's a connect uh, box in the back. Just put it in there, and, and we'll, get, we'll get connected. Let me pray over you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, as we go through this week, Lord, let us be intentional in focusing on you and who you are, that we walk this life out, Father, through prayer and worship and praise, making you supreme in our life. Lord, that we know that the week that is coming up in the time that we're in in this nation, that Jesus reigns. Jesus reigns. So I just ask that you continually to lead us, guide us, and love us in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock to 7, we're having prayer. Come see us. We will make coffee. We will have coffee. If not, we'll see you Wednesday at 6.30. Y'all be blessed.